Hey guys, this is your host, Kathy Belletti, and welcome to another episode of Ed Up Career Schools, The Scoop. We're taking a deep dive into how career schools have been able to inspire, support, and place their students over the years into the careers that they deserve. As a bonus, get out that pen and paper. You're getting some free admissions tips on how to get immediate results. Hey guys, so welcome to another amazing episode of Ed Up Career Schools, The Scoop with your host, Kathy Belletti. So today is going to be a very exciting day because I have a special guest with me. So this person has proven that anything is possible if you really want it. From holding multiple positions at her previous school to fulfilling her dream of opening her own school in order to provide more opportunities for students, Please welcome Ms. Judith Morales, uh, founder and owner of hey. Landing Career Institute. Hey, Judith, how are you? Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Judith? I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. And thank you for doing this, Kathy. You know, we need to be able to talk about career schools, which I consider our home. Yep. You know, it's time we talk about home for a second. Right? You know, <laughs> so Judith, I want everyone to know about the amazing Judith Morales. All right. So let's start by telling our listeners a little bit about your background and how you became interested in higher education in the first place. Okay. Well, um, I would have to bring my, my, my mother into this, you know, because she was a single mom and, um, with three girls and my dream had always been to become a physician. That was really, that was it for me. I just wanted to be a physician. Um, and I wanted to specialize in actually neurology and that was my, my love. I just wanted to do that. But unfortunately, you know, my mother was not really able to, to, have me go that route, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was very hard, you know, growing up, you know, we had, we didn't have much and, but what we did have, my mother put her hundred percent into everything. And I really appreciate her for that. So because of that, I always knew I wanted to do medicine, but then I didn't even know, okay, how, because back then it was, you didn't really hear not even vocational training, you know, Mm -hmm. talk about what is this, right? And now fast forward, I'm already a mom. Um, I'm driving on Queens Boulevard in Queens in Forest Hills. Mm -hmm. And I look over and I see these people, right? Coming out of this building dressed in blue scrubs with white sneakers (laughs) and they were pristine Kathy. I can only imagine. It was pristine and some of them had their, you know, lab coats, you know, cause you know, students want to show off when they go mm-hmm. outside at lunch and whatnot. So I saw that and I had, I stopped the car and I, at that, that time I had my mother-in-law in the car with me. Mm-hmm. So I get out the car and she's like, what are we doing? And I'm like, I'm enrolling. <laughs> and she's like, what? You never said anything. What are you talking about? She was so this lady. All I saw was a sea of blue and white, Kathy. And I'm like, I'm coming in here. Like, this is, I, I'm coming in. What is this? <laughs> medicine, medicine. That's all I kept thinking about, you know? 
Mm-hmm. So when I walk into this building and, you know, this skeleton, you know, greets us, you know, and then the students had the skeleton dressed up and all this, and the students are walking around wearing their stethoscopes, you know, do what students do, you know, when mm-hmm. they come out on during their break. And I was so enamored, like, just as you hear me right now, uh-huh. I, I still picture myself that day walking into that school, seeing those students that look just like me, mm-hmm. um, talking, saying things in medicine that I was like very happy with, you know, and I just went in, I said, I want to enroll. I enrolled and um, my mother-in-law said to me, and I quote, she said, I don't think you're going to be able to do this. Wow. <laughs> and I looked at her, I said, well, thank you very much for that, you know, you know, that vote of confidence here. Yeah, that could be encouragement. <laughs> oh my goodness. But, you know, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. So I enrolled in that school and um, I excelled in everything that I did in that school. And I'll tell you a funny thing. The day that we took our final exam mm-hmm. for the certified medical assistant, I had already done my national exam with EKG. I did my phlebotomy. I did other little courses as well. Mm-hmm. And that day that I had, I, I took two buses and a train. I didn't have the car that day and it was freezing. I walk mm-hmm. in there and I feel fine. Mm-hmm. So far I'm okay. Right. I go to sit down to take this test and I kid you not. It was like somebody just threw a bucket of cold water at the top of my head and it went all the way down to the tip of my toes. Oh my gosh. I got the flu. <gasps> right then and there sitting in at my test what and i see this paper and you know when you're driving at night and uh-huh. like if you can't see anymore those lines like they they merge together the mm-hmm. white lines you know? all i saw was lines on my paper just like moving you know i had the chills the hot sweats cold sweats you know all this stuff going on I, th- I i became very sick i had to get up go to the bathroom come back i was I just got sick, like automatically. Right. Oh my so God. Now I'm sitting in front of my test, a hundred questions. And I studied for this test, Kathy. I cannot even begin to tell you because oh, I was the man. kind of person that I will take one question and make like 10 different tests, uh, 10 different questions, <laughs> you know, cause uh-huh. you, know, you don't know how the teacher is going to test you. Exactly. Right? So I went ahead and, um, I, I just prayed as I'm sitting there and I said, God, just get me through this. Mm-hmm. And I took my test. My uh, professor Bulaung was his name. He was my instructor. He came over to me. He said, are you okay? I said, uh, please don't talk to me right now. Let me just finish this. I don't mean to be rude. I just can't say a word right now because mm-hmm. I'm going to get sick. Right. Mm-hmm. So I sit there and I took my test. I was the first one that finished. So when I went up to the front to give my test and he looked at me and he said, Judith, are you sure? Are you going to hand this in? And I'm like, I'm positive. And I said, could you just please grade it? Just please grade it. And he's like, Judith, you sure you don't want to look at anything? No, I don't want to look at anything. And he tried to <laughs> convince me because I was the first one yeah, to finish. I sat back down. He's grading my test. I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. <laughs> his glasses. He's looking at the paper. He's looking back at me. And I'm just like, oh my God, just please, 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 please. I got a hundred on my what? hand, Kathy. Oh my I God. Got with the flu. That is a, he probably thought you had an answer key. <laughs> like you didn't have to your book. <laughs> yes, he actually came back over to me, looked at my desk, you know. What? 
I was a good student from the beginning. I don't mm -hmm. think, you know, but when I passed that and I started then just well, working in, in, in medicine, my first real job, I was working off a ship called the floating hospital. Oh, wow. And this was a Medicaid funded um, ship. So back then, I don't even remember what pier we were on. I, I'm going to say 86, but I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. um, we would actually go to the ship, pack up. I packed up our red bags, packed up our supplies. We would get in a van. I was part of a medical group that was comprised of myself, um, two other MAs, a physician assistant, and the medical director, and of course, the driver. And we actually drove to uh, Staten Island, the Bronx, Brooklyn. And what we did was we set up, we set up clinics and shelters. Wow. And okay. when I was there, you know, um, my, the physician assistant who got his training um, in the army, because back then the physician assistant wasn't like now, you know, six years training or anything. Mm -hmm. When he did it, it was, you know, through the army. And when I started to do it, which we'll get into that later, um, it was only two years. So as I'm in, I'm part of this group, right? And we're setting up clinics and shelters. And because he knew that my love was medicine, I always wanted to be a physician. I was going to go now the route of the physician assistant because of what he told me about it and so on and so forth. So I actually immunized children. I, I did a um, pap smear. I um, looked at a cervix. I didn't even know what a cervix looked like. You know, I was like so excited. I was, I gave um, vaccinations to people, to children. I was able to participate in drug screenings, um, in, you know, minor surgeries. I was able to, you know, help him stitch, you know. So it was, I learned so much there. And I had only been working there, I would say maybe two weeks. And then what? they hired me. And according to the school, you know, you can't accept the job until you finish your internship. Mm -hmm. So I told them I, I'm going to accept the job without pay. And then we'll, we'll get into that later. Right. Wow. So I took the job and I was there for two years. I worked there for two years and I got excellent, excellent training from there. I was so excited. I'm still excited about um, where, where I started because that just opened so many doors. The fear of not understanding something or mm -hmm. not being able to take risk, that went out the window because, you know, I'm a risk taker. You know, I believe, yeah. in, you know, you have to do it, you know, as long as it's legal. I always told my children, <laughs> I always told my children, you know, like fear will cripple a person. Yes. So I, as long as what you're doing is legal, go for it you know, mm -hmm. go for it because then you're going to turn around and wish you had and fear will cripple a person. You know, how many times people don't do something because they're because afraid they're of, yep. they're always afraid of the, if, what if mm -hmm. that's what we're afraid of, not what is exactly. What so I, when I was doing this, I said, no, I'm, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing. Um, and then as time went on, you know, I worked in different areas and then you know, I was um, administrator um, at a clinic. Um, that was awesome because my job was to credential the physicians, um, hire, uh, train people. I did a lot of the onboarding. Um, I never said no to anything. If they said, you know, do you know how? I would say yes. 
And back then it was, <laughs> you know, so I would grab my encyclopedia. I would start looking. Learn it on the go. <laughs> that's right. And I would go. And, I, and that's how I did it. You know, like I never said no, because I knew that if I did that, I was just shortchanging myself. Yeah. All right. So then from there, I went, I did, um, I was clinical director again for another clinic, um, for doing pretty much the, the same kind of work. And I worked as an office manager. Um, and then when I was working as the clinical director out in Riverhead, I love bringing in students. So I started to contact um, one of the schools out in Riverhead because I knew that they did internship and I wanted to give back. Mm -hmm. So I called the school and they said, of course, you know, and put me on the list and they would send me students. And I actually hired a lot of students straight from their internship because somebody did that with me. Yeah. And it was a great opportunity. So I started to pay it forward. And not that I hired every single person, but, mm -hmm. you know, the people that were that were good and I would train them and so forth. Well, after doing that for like about three years. Um, one of the instructors of these students walked in and she said, you know, if I ever thought about teaching and I said, oh my God, I do not have the time, nor do I want to go back. To <laughs> so she's like, no, no, there's a way of doing it. There's a way of doing it. I'm like, there's a way of doing it. I'm like, my sister is the Dean at Flushing High School and she comes home with horror stories. I don't <laughs> want to do this. Not and, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, no. Well, this woman, she kept um, for another like two years, you know, telling me you should, you should, you'd be good at it, you should. And then I kept saying no, but then I fell back continuously telling her no. Mm -hmm. So then she said, you know what, Judith, I'll make the interview appointment for you. If I make it for you, will you go? I said, oh, sure, I'll go thinking that, yeah, you're too busy. You're not going to do that. Uh -huh. She made the interview appointment for me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. Was it the next day? <laughs> it was actually two weeks later. Right? Okay. So I went for the interview and I met with the administrator and a couple of other people at this school. And they explained to me, right, what this was about, how I could get licensed to teach. It seemed very interesting, but I still wasn't there yet, you know? Mm -hmm. So then as I'm, you know, trying to figure this out and they was, you know, they just hired me on the spot. They wanted me to come in. They said that I had the experience and so on and so forth. I said, okay. And, but the day that I went, it was during the day. So there were a lot of people around. Mm -hmm. I was hired for evening. So when I go in the evening, I mean, the place is dead. It's yeah. like, it's dark. It's, there's not a lot of people around and the secretary, because back then they were secretaries, right? Yeah. She, she didn't even know who I was. What? So I'm like, I'm a little hesitant now, you know, and I tell her, well, the administrator, she called, you know, I interviewed, blah, 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 blah. And she says to me, oh, I'm sorry. She didn't say anything. I said, okay, well, at least you have the book so that I can, you know, start, I can look through things. She didn't leave me anything, she says. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, first of all, I'm not too sure. And exactly. Now, you know, like what's going on here. Right. Okay. So now, but she was so nice to me that I was like, okay, okay. Well, as we're talking and I'm standing by the doorway, I look down the hall and these classrooms were locked. So I see like five girls at the end of the hallway trying to like get into, you know, a, a classroom. And I'm, I look at them and okay, fine. Well, one of the girls comes over and she asked the the secretary or receptionist, she says, you know, do you have the key 
for um, the classroom. Uh-huh. You want to study, you know, before a class starts. And I, I'm going, oh, wow, I like her already, you know? <laughs> and then the, the secretary or the receptionist says, um, well, I have the key, but just make sure you leave that door open. And then the girl looks at me, puts her hand on my shoulder and says, oh my God, Kathy. She says, are you my instructor? That's like me. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was meant. I, that's what I heard, Kathy. Like when your child calls you mom for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> when this student looked at me and she said, are you my instructor? Oh, oh said, man. I'm here. I'm here. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. <laughs> So I went into the classroom and when I go into the classroom, I'm like, oh, I'm not, okay, I'm used to like having a lot of students. So I'm like, okay, five, that, that's okay. We're, we're good. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that kept trickling in and trickling in yep. and trickling in. And all of a sudden I look up and there are 25 bodies sitting. Wow. In never taught a class, never had a syllabus in my hand, uh-huh. never given anything, right? So now, you know, I'm really good at thinking on my feet, you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I got to do something here. So the two girls, well, the girl that spoke to me, she was with her friend and they were sitting in the front, right? So now I go, okay, um, uh, I'm sorry. What's your name again? I I don't, what's your name? So she gives me her name. Let's call her Marvelous One. Uh (laughs) So I go, Marvelous One, you have your book, right? She goes, yeah, I have my textbook right here. I said, okay, fantastic. I need to borrow it because I don't want to go walk all the way to my car, which was a lie. It was just Mm -hmm. that nobody gave me anything. Exactly. So I said, you know, I need to borrow your book. And she went, oh, that's fine. I said, you know, you could look with your friend over there. I said, fine. And then I see that her friend pulls out a workbook. And I go, I need to borrow that too. You know, (laughs) you girls can (laughs) help each other out. So then what I did was for the first like 10 minutes, I try to buy time. Because I was trying to figure out, okay, they didn't, none of them had their syllabus on them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, what am I, this is an EKG class. So I said, I asked them, I said, what, what have you been taught so far? What did you do so far? And some of them could explain, some of them couldn't. So what I did was I actually started with the conduction system of the heart. And I drew my, my pictures on the board and whatnot. Well, they seemed to enjoy it. The night went, okay. I go back to work the next day and everybody's asking me about this and I'm thinking, oh my God, I don't think I, I, I think I flopped this. this yeah. Like, I don't know what happened. Right. I was working on pure adrenaline here. I'm like, just going, right? <laughs> sometimes you got to do that. You're exactly. Like, figure things out as you go. Keep it moving. So, <laughs> so now it was either go back or not show. And I don't do that. So mm-hmm. I went back. And when I went back, now the administrator was there. She came over to me. She was so apologetic. She said that what happened was that her husband was in an accident. Um, He was in a car accident. She didn't even think about calling anybody. I said, no, I got that. I understand. And then she says to me, but what did you do to this class? And I went, oh, here we go. Uh (laughs) Let me hear it. So I'm like, oh no, I said, and I didn't tell her, but in my head I went, oh my God, I must I bombed them, you know. And I go, why are you asking? And she says, because they loved you. Oh my God. They loved your energy. They understood everything. They liked how you use scenarios. And then she went on to a whole bunch of things. 
And next she goes, you're going to stay here, right? This is your class. You're going to, and I looked at her and I'm like, okay, do you have my books? Do you have, <laughs> can I get a syllabus? <laughs> so that was how I started teaching. It was like a fluke of what happened. So on top of everything else, then I started teaching. So, I mean, I went from, you know, medical assisting, you know, training from actually working in medical assisting, from then teaching in medical assisting, and then adding other classes. And, you know, I, I love the, the um, energy that the students give. And there was one thing about, I love the classroom, you know, because these mm -hmm. students are so hungry. And I remember me. You know, so yeah. that's really how I got started was, you know, um, walking into this school of a sea of blue and white of pristine. <laughs> you know? Oh, my gosh. You know, that is an amazing story. And I love that you brought up fear because it looks like a lot of what you've accomplished was just basically walking through fear and saying, you know what, get out of here. I'm going to do exactly the opposite of what fear is telling me not to do. That is so awesome. Now, now Judith, I know that besides teaching, you were also a campus president at the same time, at the same campus, and you were also, you know, head of admissions and enrolling. Okay, so let's talk about jack of all trades. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what was the most challenging about taking on so many different roles? Well, what was challenging was the fact that I had never uh, worked as an enrollment agent. Mm. And I told, you know, the powers that be, which we got, mm -hmm. you know, a laugh and a kick about it because I said, you know, I can't sell an egg to a chicken. You know? <laughs> I can't sell ice to Eskimo, you know, like I'm, I'm not a salesperson. Uh -huh. And so these people, they, when they would talk to me, you know, started talking that because of my personality that they felt mm -hmm. that I could and so on and so forth. So I said, okay, I would do it. And I have to tell you, the the love that I have, and I think it's just the drive because mm -hmm. I came from there that it was, it, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be actually, you know, doing the enrollment part, you know, getting people in, talking mm -hmm. to them, telling them about the school. You know, I always said that we're a family here and so on and so forth. But as far as working in all these uh -huh. areas, um, a one woman show, like you said before, mm -hmm. that was difficult. That was very difficult. Uh, but again, I don't say problems. I say challenges. Yeah. And, you know, I said, if I'm being put here and I'm being, you know, prodded and, and done and pushed and whatever, they must be seeing something in me that I'm not seeing mm -hmm. or that maybe I haven't fully accepted yet. Yeah. And so I kept saying, you know, you know how when we pray to God, we go, oh, my God, you know, I know that you think I can handle this, but oh, my God, please, can you like slow down a little bit? For real. <laughs> you know, like, slow down a little bit. Uh, sometimes other people see what you don't see in yourself. Yep. Um, so right. it was hard because now you have to run the school. You have to hire instructors. Um, you have to make sure that you have so many bodies in the classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to make sure that you retain those bodies in that classroom. So in a way, even though, yes, it was a little difficult, it was also rewarding 
because yeah. it made me, I'm able to move around quickly. I'm able to pick something up, work on something and then come over and then finish what I started and then come back and do something else and, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Because let me tell you at the school that you're talking about, when we first, when I first came on board there, uh -huh. I had a phlebotomy class that only had one student. Oh no. It was just one student. And there, were, there was another instructor there in the evening that had three students. So my one student at times, you know, I would get phone calls saying that my class was canceled because this student wasn't there, wasn't able to get there. Mm -hmm. And I was constantly asking, you know, very nice lady at, at the front desk asking her, you know, um, well, how many people are coming? Or what are we doing? Or, you know, and she would be telling me it's hard. You know, people aren't really coming through the door or whatever. And so it made me think. So now here I go, Judith, adding more stuff to her plate. Right? Uh -huh. <laughs> I said, well, you know what? I can't, I have to help them. Like I cannot like come here and not that I mind one person, but you know, it's a phlebotomy class this poor student, what are we going to do with them? You know, when they have to draw blood. So what I did was I actually um, had my student, I would get my student excited. And I said to her, I know for a fact, you know, five people. <laughs> and then there she you go. referrals. <laughs> and I said, I know, you know, so no, what I did was I first, I asked the lady at the front desk if I could do this. She said, fine. So I told my student, I said, okay, what I want you to do well, it's too close notice right now, but for next week, I want you to invite five people. They don't have to be in uniform. Don't worry about enrolling. Don't worry about nothing. Just have them come to class. Mm -hmm. Have them see what you're doing. Just bring them, bring them with you. She did. Wow. So she brought five people. Everybody knows at least five people. So I would exactly. just keep saying, I know you know five people. I know you know five people. <laughs> And who better to bring the students in that the instructor that the students are already in love with? Exactly. <clears throat> That's how I figured. So now what happened? Now as I'm working, I'm like trying to get everything situated. So when I did that and I only had my one student, now the powers that be, you know, got promoted me three months later mm -hmm. to the assistant director. So it's just a title because I said, I'm already doing what I'm doing with mm -hmm. regardless of a title. Yeah. Six months later, I got promoted to the campus um, president position, but I was already doing what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not like, you know, you've heard people say, well, that's not my job. You know, All that's the not the title that I have, right? Mm -hmm. They say that. And I always say, and it will never be if you keep up with that attitude. Exactly. You need to do the job. And then everything else will follow, right, Kathy? Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. And say, you know, well, that's not my job. Uh, my answer, and I I say that all the time, I go, and it never will be, especially with that attitude. You do what needs to be done because it needs to be done. Exactly. Not you're looking for a title. Everything else. Trust me, the right people are going to notice you. The right people are going to hear you. You'll get what you deserve, what you need. But in the meantime, you know, especially in career education, we're mm -hmm. a team. Yes. You, know, you can't have that mindset of, well, that's not my job. Because I'm sorry to tell you, it will never be them. You know, mm -hmm. that's not the right way to do things. So getting back to your question, when 
as campus president, you know, it was hard because now what I was trying to do when I was trying to grow the school is, you know, we went from having, like I said to you, a few dribs and drabs to now having a lot of students coming in through that door. But when um, I, I, I was met with a lot of resistance because I would go to my instructors, what I just said to you, I would go to the instructors and say, who better to get people into your classroom than you? They already love you. you. But then I would have those instructors say, well, that's not my job. So uh, now it's like, wow, I never answered like that. But they're saying, which really it isn't, if you think about it, it isn't. But my thing is a team player is a team player. This is your classroom. You want students in this classroom. Why don't you help in the process? Mm -hmm. Because by doing that, you know, you're going to have more fun because it's better when you have more anyway, but you're going to be able to enjoy your class and also develop a new skill that you didn't think you had. Exactly. You know, Judith, um, really quick, this is one thing that I have struggled with so many times in different schools that I've worked with, getting the academic team on board. Now, I always love the academic team. However, sometimes it gets into this mindset that, you know what, building a school is admissions job. That's an admissions role. No, but when you think about it, admissions brings in the students from the front end, but the revenue that the school makes, guess what? You're getting paid from that. <laughs> so right. if enrollment drops, it affects everybody. So why not jump in and help right. from the front end also? I love that you brought that up. Okay. Right. Yeah. I well, you know what, Judith? I just wanted to add something that yeah. a lot of times, you know, it, it goes back to the type of people that are in career education. You yeah, know, right. I know that I'm very vocal. I'm very, you know, I, I'm, I, I get excited. Mm -hmm. I love what I do and I show it and I say it, you know. Yeah. Once I don't love what I do, I have to move away from it. But Ever since I came into career education, ever since I walked in through those doors of the sea of blue that I'm telling you about, uh -huh. I have never wavered from that. Man. It has been something that, you know, it has benefited me. It has helped me. And I just now I just want to be able to pay it forward. I had later on, I guess we'll talk about it. You know, I have so many ideas and so many things that I'm working on to make sure that the student is not just there for a course, but that it's that we can help the whole person so that when they go out and they start working, they are really um, making a difference in their community. They feel proud of their accomplishments and we feel proud of them because it's like mm -hmm. the mama bear letting go of her kids, you know? I like, know. Right? So yeah, it's one of those that um, I always felt like that. And I think I will always feel that way. Well, you know what? That leads me to my next question. What made you decide to start your journey on actually opening up your own school? Uh, my, <laughs> it's like, how much time you got? <laughs> that's, a, that's a big one right there. But um, once I was in the school system, actually doing, I call it front and back, you know, working as an instructor and working on the administration side. Mm -hmm. Remember, I've been teaching and being in the school system since, wow, 2003, 2004, you know. Wow. So for me, um, I saw the need of good education 
um, education that people can actually do something with, um, not just take a class because in almost all the schools that I've been in, you're always gonna hear students say, well, I paid so much money for this course and nobody's helping me get a job. Mm -hmm. you, you know, th this is one thing that you hear almost all the, all time. the time in every. But then you have to also put that into perspective because is this a person that is very lax and they're waiting for somebody else to do the job? Or is this someone that's putting in the effort, but things aren't working for them the way they, in the effort that they're putting in? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's different. So for me, opening up my school, it meant that I would now, um, and I am in charge of making sure that my students are taken care of in the sense of from the time that they, well, before they enroll, because, you know, we have to have a conversation with you first, mm -hmm. you know, are you, because just because somebody comes to a school and they want to enroll doesn't mean that they're they are meant good. for mm -hmm. this environment also. We also have to understand that because there are a lot of people that walk through the doors that are not meant for, you know, Mm -hmm. college so it's yep. not like every every person that walks in you know we also have to do our due diligence when we screen students you know absolutely um so from that conversation to enrollment to the hi you're in class you know with the <laughs> you know, equipment and and then getting them keeping them hyped so that they come to class every single day with that same that same happiness that they start that same joy mm -hmm. um making sure that as they go through everything, they have what they need. And that, so that there's never an issue as to, well, you know, I asked for help and it wasn't given. I'm the kind of person that I prefer that help be available before it's asked for. See, that's, my, that's the way I think about it. Mm -hmm. I don't want my students to come to me asking for help. I should already have the help in place so it's that great. I can offer it to them. I already know what they need, you know? So mm -hmm. I'd rather do it that way. And then the best part of all is graduation. Yeah. You know, seeing them graduate and then now assisting them with that first interview and that first job. And that is how I, um, that's why I did it because I said, I want to be part of it from beginning, from beginning. Mm -hmm. all the way to the next beginning, right? I wasn't going to say end, no, Kathy. Exactly. <laughs> next beginning you know because that beginning now it's i still want to be part of their lives i still want to have them come back you know if they need the tutoring or if they, you know another course that they need to take or whatever it is you know um i'm working on certain resources to have in the school i've been talking to nonprofit organizations to help me do certain things in the school so that my students you know, that mother who's afraid of leaving her child knows that she can leave her child is not a problem. That that mother who says, you know, I don't have anything to put in my kitchen, you know, for food tonight. Well, this is not a problem. You know, I want it to be a place where they know that it's not just a course. They actually worried about me and my family. They worried about how I came to school. Because one of the things that I did in, in the last place that I was, and I did it without administration knowing about it, because I did a lot of things without them knowing about it. Because I, I, if I wanted the wheel to go, I had to do it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It was a travel fund. 
Now the travel fund was due to this pocket. <laughs> That's really what it was. But oh, I called wow. it the travel fund. Mm -hmm. And when I knew that there was a student that, you know, it wasn't a game. It was that they really were having a hard time coming to school. You know, then the travel fund showed up, you know, and paid for that person to get picked up at home and to be brought to school. Um, so I always said the travel fund, it was actually in my pocket, but it was, I needed to do that because I knew that, you know, certain students, they were really having a legitimate problem and they wanted to graduate and finish and, you know, life gets in the way and then they couldn't. So I said, you know, I didn't, my pocket was the travel fund, but either way it worked. Nobody mm -hmm. had to know that. And the students got to class and they were so appreciative and they, they could never say anything bad about the school because they always said, you know, wow, this school really cared about me, you know? Um, yeah. So for me, you know, I just want to be able now, oh, I'm going to say it this way, Kathy. Mm -hmm. I want to say, you know, Baskin Robbins, mm -hmm. <laughs> 31, 31 flavors, right? Yeah. When Baskin Robbins first started, they were smart. They did 31 flavors. So now any other ice cream shop that came on board, unless you have 32 flavors, you, you were not in competition. Can't compete. Yep. <laughs> so even though COVID, you know, I, I feel for the families and everything that happened, it was a time for me to prepare. And one of the things that I, I learned was I don't want competition. I want to be able to have things that are going to be beneficial to my students but that I, other people I know do not have. And those are the resources that I, I, I am, you know, alluding to that I'm, I'm trying to say, but these things are going to help. I want to be their 31 flavors. I want to be the place that they know that they can come, not just to take a course, mm -hmm. but also the whole being. So now they, when they recommend, you know, LCI, Landing Career Institute, that they'll be like, okay, you know what, I, you know, these people look what they did for me and they can do it for you too. You know, that is, so. that is amazing. You know what? It's like landing career Institute is it's a definition of the student experience. I mean, when you think of the career student, this is everything that sometimes prevents them from moving forward. Right. You have to have childcare, transportation, right. Right. you know, just funding in general. And there's right. so many schools out there who do not offer these resources. Right. So what happens? The student says, you know what, sorry, can't do it at this time. And it's not because they're procrastinating. It's because they can't do it at this time. They don't have the resources. That is so amazing. Oh, my gosh. Judith, where do you actually see Landing Career Institute headed, let's say, five years from now? Well, in five years, I expect to have um, double those resources that I was just telling you about. Mm -hmm. I expect to have a second location. Ooh, um, nice. I dream big. I expect to have um, graduates. I want to be able to have walls and walls of uh, pictures of my graduates on the wall, you uh -huh. know, uh, and alumni, having them come back, you know. Uh, I want to be able to show the community, wherever it is that I am, um, that we are transparent, that we um, are very serious about education but also very serious about the whole person mm -hmm. um that we say what we mean and we mean what we say 
um, that we have like, I do like workshops, you know, free resume, job strategy and things like that to be able to have this nonstop all the time instead of once in a while, Mm -hmm. Um, to be able to bring in um, other types of professionals that will be able to help me with these resources. Mm and just to be able to be a pillar in the community that I am in and to show them that if someone like me, I'm Hispanic, mm-hmm. you know, single mom, didn't have much, but I did have the drive and I did have the passion and I still have. I am a firm believer that for us to be able to move ahead, we have to learn from the mistakes that were made. Yes. And a lot of times, I'm gonna get emotional, oh no. But a lot of times what happens Mm -hmm. is that people put blinders to the mistakes that have been made. How do you expect to grow if you don't go back and figure out what the mistake was? Absolutely. I believe, this this is me, but I really believe that if we take like let's say our students complaints right concerns mm-hmm. seriously that we would be better you know my husband was telling me you like people to complain to you i go hey wait a minute i don't really i don't mean complaints to me like that okay <laughs> I mean, you know, when they complain, that you know you read the complaints or they talk to you you know if somebody's complaining and they're still with you mm-hmm. to me that means they want to stay with you Exactly. Right. When you complain to your husband, right? When I complain to my husband, I'm like, I don't plan on going anywhere. I'm just, you know, can you I need this to be fixed. <laughs> That's exactly. So if we were to pay attention to that and not put blinders on the mistakes that have been made and just move ahead from those mistakes, people are people. People are going to make mistakes. I've mm-hmm. made a lot of mistakes and I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that I haven't, but those mistakes have helped me so far get to where I am today. I don't know about tomorrow or five, 10 years, but Mm -hmm. I know that during that time, I'm sure there'll be other mistakes that are made that I plan on learning from, you know? And one of the biggest things, Kathy, is that this year, last year, I became um, licensed um, to teach ESL. What? Yeah. Because I said, who's the best person to teach my students ESL? Hey, you know, (laughs) me, you know, and then teach them. So I'm licensed to do that. And I said, because then my ESL class, I can do that class. I can prepare it. I can show it. So now when I go train somebody, you know, Mm -hmm. I know what works and what doesn't. And now they can come in. And when they have frivolous complaints about this doesn't work this way, I can say, well, I just did it. So exactly. (laughs) Oh, man, Judith, you were dropping some gems today. Oh, my gosh, I chose. Okay, so my last question to you, Judith, Um, what are your thoughts on the future of career education? Okay, that one I really was thinking very, very hard about, and I want to start that off by a quote from Albert Einstein, Mm -hmm. and he said, the significant problems we face cannot be solved at the same level of thinking that we were at when we created mm. Isn't that powerful? Oh my gosh, yes. I read that like a couple of times. 
And I went, this goes back to what I was saying, you know, career schools, I believe are here to stay if the leaders, myself included, administration, managers, teachers, faculty, staff, if we all are on board and we all work towards the same goal. And that goal should always be our students. students. If we always focus on what they need and how we can go about giving them what they need, then really it's one less thing to worry about because now, you know, especially with what happened with COVID, even the high schools found a drop in the percentage of high school students that were graduating because of what happened yeah. with COVID. And you don't realize, but that's, that's a trickle down effect because if it's happening to the high schools and then we try to reach out to the high schools because we want them to come to career schools, those mm -hmm. that you know, cannot go into the universities, that's a problem. Absolutely. Because now you have you know, a, a deficit, let's say, of people that you would have been able to pull from that mm -hmm. you can't pull from. So I think that career schools, in my opinion, they are here to stay, but we have to be more diligent, more aware, especially when it comes to customer service, which is yes. so important, which uh, we have to be very diligent in um, our screening process when we talk to our potential students, our you know, follow through, you know, don't call somebody today and then Somebody asked you a question where you told me about John Doe. What happened? Oh, I forgot about John Doe. Yeah, how do you forget? <laughs> you know, be on top of the mm -hmm. enrollment process. You know, um, there are so many facets to this and there's so many variables and moving pieces. Yeah. But, you know, career education is where I came from. It's, it's something that I firmly believe in, as I'm sure you already know. Absolutely. And I tell you that I think that career education, um, as long as we all work together, we need to be able to focus on that thing. You know, there's a lot of fluff sometimes in the schools, which is good. You know, sometimes you have these clubs and these things that happen and whatnot, but mm -hmm. we have to not lose focus on the student. Absolutely. Enrollment is extremely critical. You know, I mean, you should be enrolling students three months before, you know, like, for a class that's starting. You should already have that done. Mm -hmm. I remember as campus president, man, my job, I was 24 seven, you know, from posting on Facebook, is. from mm -hmm. doing you know, Instagram, from calling, you know, prior students, from, you know, graduates, from trying to cold calling people from, you know, it was like a constant, con I, it, it was sleep, eat, enrollment. <laughs> Basically. You don't have students, you don't have a school, you know, you don't have, if you don't work, but then now what happens is a lot of career schools forget customer service. These are your customers. There you go. You have to provide what that customer needs. And what I've seen in my years in, in the school system is that a lot of times people forget that your students are the customers mm -hmm. and we need to start listening actively listening and also keep up with you know the new laws and things that come out and you know the high schools and the colleges and all these other stuff that are happening but as long as we do our due diligence is it going to be easy probably not no is it worth it absolutely so. yes i believe so yes definitely
Oh my gosh, that is so important. And that's why it takes a certain personality to actually last in higher education. Because I think sometimes we're so focused on the process, but not concentrating on the prospect, you know, and the more that we understand, you know what, these are people who need our help. You know, it's not a nine to five, maybe on paper, but really and truly, if you're going to be a part of higher education, you know, people are inspired by people. They're motivated by people. And I think on every level, we have to get back to that because these are people who actually need our help. Judith, thank you so much for coming on today. This was a very powerful conversation. I am super excited about where your school is headed five years, 10 years from now. But once you are at the front end, I know that they are going to go very far. And you have to come back, Judith. Oh, yes. Anytime. Thank you again, Kathy. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Take care, Judith. Thank you. You too. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Motivate with KAT is a cutting edge online enrollment training platform. Admissions can be challenging. Your team's role is to inspire students to invest thousands of dollars into something intangible, their education. Identifying the need and effective communication is going to be key to your team's success. This platform is filled with live videos, presentations, quizzes, and printable tools needed to hold your team accountable for their activity, connect with students on another level, and ensure quality enrollments who will actually follow through and graduate. If you are looking for raw material that will get you immediate results, then visit my website at lessons.motivatewithkat.com to learn more. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Edda Career School's The Scoop with your host, Kathy Belletti. If you love what you hear, do not forget to like and share. Feel free to follow me on LinkedIn, or you can visit my website at lessons.motivatewithkat.com to learn more about how I help career schools grow. Head on over to Apple or wherever you download your podcast content. Leave us a rating, but do not forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Until then, live life 100% you.